Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. How many daily tasks do you think that you would have to relearn if you experienced vision loss? I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. For many people, weakening vision comes with aging. According to the CDC, around 12 million people over 40 have a visual impairment, and that's just in the United States. Does this sound familiar to you? Have you been putting off getting a new prescription? Does it make things like driving or putting on makeup just a little bit harder? Well, February is Low Vision Awareness Month. So today we're speaking with a local nonprofit called Hadley that provides resources to help people with visual impairments learn new ways to perform daily tasks. To learn more, we're speaking with Julie Tai, Hadley's president and CEO, and Douglas Walker, Hadley's chief innovation officer. So help us out with the language here. What do we mean when we say low vision, Doug? How can that come up for different people? Low vision typically means vision worse than 20, uh, depends on the state that you live in, 2050 to 2070 vision. And that's, that usually mean that means that it's corrected to that amount. That's uh, with glasses, you still have reduced vision. Um, and the United States also has a legal threshold of 2200 that also marks you as legally blind. I see. And uh, those numbers sort of mean what 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 somebody with low vision or legally blind sees at 200 feet away from a person with normal vision would be 20 feet away from that. Actually, of the 14 million people that have low vision, 90% of those people still have some remaining vision. And Julie, other health problems can arise with, with vision loss or with low vision, right? Absolutely. Um, it's a really great question. The idea of vision loss is frightening, but the comorbid events like fractures, medication errors, lack of medication compliance because you can't read that bottle, dementia, and depression. These are all mm-hmm. related to vision loss. So vision loss that goes unaddressed in terms of giving people skills can result in these really serious. I wonder if it took, did it take time to connect those things? I, I wouldn't think of connecting like, de, you know, dementia to vision loss. Yep. <clears throat> any, any cognitive um, impairment that, that's due to a sensory impairment um, is, it makes somebody prone for dementia. Mm. So, so vision or even hearing loss um, puts somebody at higher risk for cognitive issues. Doug, talk us through some of the most common challenges or issues that people with low vision will face. Well, it's usually, especially if you're new to vision loss, and that's really Hadley's big focus is being new to vision loss. Um, it's usually those those everyday type tasks that you encounter. Uh, and, and, you know, we focus at Hadley on not necessarily teaching brand new things, but teaching how to do those skills uh, in a different way, like cooking for instance, mm-hmm. um, or using your washer dryer, you know, labeling things on your washer and dryer. Um, you know, just there are things like pouring a cup of coffee safely, you know, without scalding yourself or burning yourself. You know, we have workshops, uh, videos on teaching how to apply makeup um, or how to that. shave properly, right? Yeah. And uh, so all the, all the simple skills that you that you do every day in your everyday life, like cleaning, around the house, something we all love to do, right? <laughs> um, putting toothpaste on 
on your toothbrush was a big thing for me. You know, I'm, I struggle with low vision. Uh, I'm visually impaired myself, really low vision. I'd always get that toothpaste all over the place, right? So uh, we have a tip that just have your own tube of toothpaste. You're not going to want to share your tube toothpaste with somebody after you put it to your lips and actually squirt some in your mouth and that, and then brush your teeth with that. Right. So it's just those little tips that you just don't think about um, that can be such a huge help. Yeah, that's, that's great, Julia. I mean, I I want you to piggyback off of what uh, Doug was just talking about. Some of these tasks that I I would say are are surprisingly difficult for people with, with vision loss as he just laid out and talk more about how Hadley helps folks address those things. So we're very, um, very disciplined about taking a simple task, breaking it down into step-by-step instructions. And then you you can see us online, hadley.edu. We have over 400 workshops, but they're only five to eight minutes. So very, very clear, easy to see. Mm -hmm. Um, And and the feedback that we get, Sasha, from people who take these workshops is, wow, I feel Mm -hmm. successful. I feel confident. I can do these things now. Um, So they get hope back. How do you feel reading those? It's amazing. I mean, it's to it. It's amazing um, to know that somebody is now um, feels that they can go out of their house, go back out to a restaurant, um, can engage socially again. You know, they get their lives back. I mean, our our mission is to help people thrive, and um, and the feedback says indicates we're doing that. And, and when you say workshops, Julie, what format does that mm-hmm. take? So these are, think of them as tutorials. Um, so they're online. Um, as Doug said, um, most folks with visual impairment have some residual vision, so they can see them online. And they're available 24-7. All of our workshops are also available in large print. So you call us, we'll mail them out to you. Great. Also available in Braille and in many cases audio as well. Doug, let's learn some more about you. What's your story? How'd you come to Hadley? Well, I... I... Have always had a visual impairment since I was young, um, and have always worked in the field of visual impairments, and landed at Hadley about eleven years ago, and uh, was fortunate enough to to then you know, teach all the Hadley courses that that, that uh, Hadley offered at the time, all the technology courses that they offered. Technology is my background, and uh, got really interested in Apple products at the time because they were totally accessible: the iPhones, the Macs. All the accessibility was built right in. It was truly universal design. Mm-hmm. And so since I've been there, we've developed uh, relationships with Apple. We partnered with Apple and uh, actually create have we've covered the full Apple orchard, so to speak. We've covered videos on all of their products and the accessibility that's built in. And we've done the same with Google and Microsoft. And most recently, we, uh, we've connected and partnered with CVS um, pharmacies, and we, we've created a series of workshops on uh, their new prescription label reader called Spoken RX. And so, uh, so yeah, that's sort of, sort of my role, sort yeah. of some of the things I do, m- mainly in technology, but sort of branched out from that. Um, you know, I, just to piggyback on some of the stuff that Julie was saying earlier, you know, our stuff is video driven, but, um, you know, we don't want to scare people with low vision away with that word video, because if you have some usable vision, you're going to want to use that vision. And so we do what's called integrated described video. And it's scripted. Our stuff is scripted in a way that even if you have no vision at all, you're still going to get that same content. There's no need for an external oh, that's great. described audio track. And so, like Julie said, all of our stuff's online 
Uh, but for those people that prefer getting stuff offline, we do send the audio. We send large print upon request tutorials, and we also send Braille upon request too. Julie mentioned earlier the the comments that we get are just blow you away. Yeah. And one of one of the series that that uh, is dear to my heart is also the adjusting to vision loss. And anybody that's new to vision loss, I encourage them to go and check out that series. Uh, it deals with coping with all those emotions that come with mm-hmm. being new to vision loss. Um, and so the important. One that I, yeah, the one that's my favorite is is asking for and turning down help. That's not always so easy, you know, so. Oh, uh, yeah, for a lot of us. I mean, (laughs) right. Um, What struck me, too, Doug, is you mentioning that you you've always worked in the field of visual impairment in some Mm -hmm. way, shape or form. Why has that been important to you? Well, I didn't get the services I needed uh, growing up. I lived in a really rural area and had very, very low vision. And it was at a time when. Uh, you didn't necessarily get the special education services. So uh, I've always had this passion uh, and this goal to empower as many people initially through technology. That was most of my background, but just now it's empowering everybody with all the tools necessary, whether they're just cooking or putting on your makeup, which is is a big deal, right? Um, even getting recreational things like gardening, uh, being able to to do crafting, get back at knitting and stuff like that, or feel comfortable traveling. Um, all those things are important. And Hadley was born off Braille. And so, uh, we don't want to miss out on, on, we've got a brand new series uh, called Braille for everyday use, use. And for those that don't want to learn Braille to say, read novels, you can learn enough Braille to be able to label things around your home, you know, and your medication labels and, you know, A for aspirin. Yeah, that's great. So, so yeah. yeah, so it's just a gamut of everything. So, Julie, let's talk more about that history. Hadley has been around for a long time. 1920. And and you've watched it evolve, right? Talk about the kinds of tools that were available to folks with visual impairments back then versus now. Really, Bill Hadley was a pioneer. Um, He lost his vision completely when he was 55 years old. He was an avid reader, so he taught himself Braille. Um, And being successful at that, he decided to help other adults who were in his his situation. So he developed a correspondence program, literally teaching people Braille by mail. That was so successful, um, he started getting requests for academic um, topics. So um, history, Latin, um, English composition, Mm -hmm. my favorite, poultry husbandry. So we were a very academic organization because, as Doug said, people who were, who were congenitally blind didn't get services. But as laws improved, um, so the kids were starting to get school-based services, the need was really um, um, morphing to adults with low vision. So that's what we committed to in, in 2016 um, to really address that population because yeah. they weren't getting served. Yeah, so so you found that there are disparities then in, in who was able to access, especially some of these newer tools and technologies? The hard thing is, Sasha, when a patient gets a diagnosis of low vision, what their physician often tells them is there's nothing more we can do. Um, so we are, um, you know, we're, we think of ourselves as a, a virtual vision rehab agency. So you get that diagnosis. We can help you. There is something you can do. Um, and, and physicians so have just for. been able to get away with that for years? You know, in fairness, Sasha, it's not part of their training. Oh. Um, so, so vision rehab and, um, really has grown up outside of the medical model. 
Um, so, but that's one of our goals is to let physicians know that there is something that can be done. And in, and in fairness, there weren't a lot of resources. Um, but now Hadley is there and we're there 24-7 um, and we're free of charge. We don't charge anything. Um, so we're accessible to folks. Doug, you host Hadley's podcast. It's called Insights and Soundbites. I want to take a listen to what you've heard from people who use Hadley's resources. One thing that really, I think for me, the catalyst was was anger. I was shell-shocked that I'd been, uh, I can see, but I can't see. How do I associate with people when I can't recognize them? It's terrifying. Unless you're with people who are experiencing the same thing and can give you support, it's a very lonely thing. Those are voices uh, from three people you identify by their first names, Sarah, Larry, and Sharon. Uh, You mentioned some some feedback earlier, so did Julie, but talk more about what else you're hearing from people who call in. Well, and this Insights and Soundbites is something that's relatively new. We do have another podcast called Hadley Presents that invites experts in the field to come on and give advice and help and and all that. But uh, after getting all of these calls and all this feedback that we were getting, our chief marketing officer had a fabulous idea of saying, hey, how about let's set up a phone line and have people call in and share with one another? You know, because there really is nothing more powerful than people connecting that are feeling the same things and going through the same thing, the same emotions. So we did set up a phone line, and we also have it where they can email in a submission if they like. And it's been really great. Uh, it's it's a way of, of becoming involved and actually being able to help others along their journey mm-hmm. through vision loss, you know, so. I'd love to uh, hear more about the role that you think um, community plays for people with visual impairments, Doug. Well, you know, we, we sort of address that in the adjustment series that I talked about earlier. Um, we do have but part of that adjustment series. We actually have a workshop or a video that, um, of course, tells the person with the visual impairment, gives them suggestions on how they can interact and talk with others. But it also has a video there that talks about how the spouse or a family member or a friend might communicate or things that they might be able to say. Like, you know, for instance, it's easy to say, uh, oh, the salt's over there and just point, you know, instead of describing where it is. Right, right. Um, you know, so far as community, that, that that's really close to home. But businesses and stuff like that that you might be interacting with a lot of businesses and companies especially if you're a new hire there you know they might not know about your visual impairment so we do have a workshop or video that talks about talking to your employer uh, and expressing Mm -hmm. the kind of things that you need and that's all about self-advocacy of course you know, the community covers a whole lot of things. Anything to add, Julie? Yeah, there is the, also the community of people who are going through what you're going through. You know, and we tend, we tend not to share um, information. So one of the things that Hadley is able to do through our discussion groups, we have 10 monthly discussion groups that people can, can call into very easily. We can connect you with other people who are, who are experiencing what you're experiencing. Oh, great. Um, because you're generally in your geographic community, you're not going to have that. But you can have it. You can have and it Julie, sometimes that's literally all it takes right. is hearing from someone else exactly. directly who's experiencing the same thing. And, and what work are you doing with practitioners? So we, um, we have a couple of things. Um, right on site, um, we have, um, a, we call it a virtual reality room. It gives people an opportunity to get a small glimpse into what it feels like to have um, Mac 
de- macular degeneration or glaucoma. Put on goggles. Do you use VR software? We, to... it's, not, it's not quite that advanced, but it's close. Okay, okay. It's close. Um, but it's, it, it, um, it really gives people the opportunity to say, if I have glaucoma and I'm at a busy intersection, what are the challenges I face? So we bring medical practitioners um, into that room because they don't know the, the experience their low vision patients are have, having. I'll tell you, when they walk out of that room, they know. Mm. Um, so that's, that's for people that, who live locally. And then uh, we do have a, a professional, uh, a director of professional outreach. He'll go to any practice and, and meet with the staff and talk about the real needs of their, their low vision patients. Yeah. Well, Doug, what opportunities are there at Hadley to use new technologies to expand your resources even more? Well, I'm I'm all about the technology end of it, and I think I mentioned earlier the uh, the Apple uh, workshops that we yeah. have. I think we have goodness, maybe sixty alone on how to use different features, accessibility features that are just in the iPhone. And um, wow. and like I said, we've we've pretty much ca- covered the whole Apple gamut there. But we also have Google, uh, the Android operating systems we covered, and also Google Docs uh, for Google, and then Microsoft. The whole uh, suite is covered there. So a lot of technology, just just from from the novice uh, user all the way up to the to the pro. Because remember, even if you've been proficient at using your computer in the past, when you have to use low vision software and or speech software, synthetic speech that talks you through your devices and stuff, it's a whole different world. So you almost have to start from the beginnings all over again. And so Hadley. Hadley has what you need for that and walks you right through every step of the way. That is awesome. There's a lot of resources there. What would you add to that, Julie? So uh, I am in our target market. I am an older adult, and not all of us are tech savvy. So sometimes something as simple as the telephone delivers services. So we our Braille for Everyday Use series, you can access it online. You can also access it through the phone. We mail you the book. You get the instruction by dialing in. Um, and That's then, great. And then on the horizon is... Um, Using Alexa and Alexa skills because that's becoming more popular. And that all that needs is your voice. Right. Um, so it's all about removing barriers. What is next for Hadley? <laughs> I think uh, Julie mentioned part of that. William Hadley, uh, Bill Hadley was, was cutting edge, you know, right? So uh, we plan to stay cutting edge. And part of that is being able to li- deliver our content over smart speakers and uh, using using artificial intelligence to do that, conversational AI. That's what we have on our horizons. And I'll give you the last word, Julie. Oh, thank you, Sasha. It's really for us, it's about growth um, and finding those, un- particularly the underserved populations. So one of the um, our goals is to deliver our content in Spanish um, so that we can reach reach people who are at risk for you know, diabetic retinopathy. Yeah. Um, and But to really get into those communities, and we hope to do that through um, primary care practices. That's Julie Tai and Douglas Walker from Hadley, which is a nonprofit creating educational materials for adults with vision loss or blindness. Thank you both. Oh, thank you, Sasha. Yeah, thank you. This episode of Reset was produced by Sarah Stark, and it was edited by Ethan Schwab and Dan Tucker. Hear more great stories just like this by subscribing to our podcast. And if you haven't done so already, leave us a rating and review. It helps more listeners find our show. That's all for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk to you this afternoon.
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.